falling on the sun, baby. Welcome to the Turnover NBA Podcast. We are back for season three of the Turnover NBA Podcast. This season is for real. Uh, I'm your host, Kenny, and today we have with us our two usual panelists. We have Eric joining us. Hello. And also Alex. Hello. Have we have we always been the Turnover NBA podcast? I guess so. That's how I've. I thought we were just the Turnover podcast. Maybe it's we time. The, I thought we were the Turnover basketball podcast. Well, you know, maybe I just copied the, the Ringer NBA show and just. <laughs> well, season three is now a wash, guys. Thanks. We got to start <laughs> over again. We got to start over. Back uh, to but season yeah. one. How are you guys? How are you guys doing? And are you ready after only a brief, I don't know, it's only felt like 10 years this year. But yeah, after a brief break, we're already prepared for another season of basketball. It feels like we just got out of the bubble. How are you guys feeling about basketball? Uh, haven't haven't really been paying attention to it much, Kenny. Um, but now that preseason's starting up again, um, pulling out the, the highlights and and checking up on the teams. Really, I guess it started with free agency that I started doing that. Um, yeah, and free agency was just like a rush. It was like it was only yeah. it felt like it was only three days and usually it drags on for like a month. Right. Um, well also yeah. this was like the first time we had people move in a while, right? Uh yeah. I mean it was the first trade in a very, very, very long time. That that is for sure. Um definitely alex how are you how are you feeling about basketball all things considered yeah i i mean all things considered is kind of loaded there's just so much baggage that comes with these things i feel you know we're still kind of in the midst of a pandemic and um like y'all said you know the finals wasn't too long ago and so honestly it just feels kind of strange uh i'm not sure once like the season gets started whether it'll feel less strange but i guess we'll find out yeah, I mean, there are definitely a lot of lot of concerns that might pop up during the season. Um, you know, there are some arenas that are letting the fans in. Uh, whether or not that's a good idea. Bad idea. Bad, bad idea. idea. <laughs> yeah, so, and that's something that, like, hasn't really come up is, like, you know, the bubble had all these precautions, and now it's sort of like, well, let's, let's just try to play basketball. Um, but I guess at this point, we're only mere observers, and we're just going to have to see how fast and how far this train goes. Well, well, how do you, first question, I guess, how do you guys feel that this season's going to turn out? Is it going to be like the NFL? Well, it, it I certainly could be. I mean, there are a lot more games to be played. Um, and I know there's that thing where they play like two games in each city or whatever. Um but I don't know, so many more games, so many more risks of infections and delays. Like, I feel like they'll get, they'll manage to get through the season. They've scheduled for, like, emergency delay time. But part of me, you know, part of me definitely still feels doubtful. Um, and, you know, we really don't know what 2021 is, is going to look like. So that that's how I'm kind of feeling about that. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think your point about the games is is the most interesting to me because, you know, in football, somebody got placed on the COVID list, they missed two games, um, which, I don't know, maybe maybe we shouldn't think about total games. Maybe we should be thinking about, like, percentage of games. But, you know, if somebody gets COVID in the NBA, 
they're out for like two to three weeks, right? That's like, yeah, I don't know. Could be eight. Um, that's too many, but you know, it could be like seven, eight games, right? I mean, do you guys remember when Joel Embiid got off the plane in a hazard suit and it was a joke at the time? Right, right. Well, that and... that that was kind of an ill-timed joke still <laughs> at, the, at that point in time too. Back when we were still laughing about um, everything, I guess. Um, but yeah, I know definitely a lot of concerns. I think you know, but at the same time, part of me can't help but feel a little excited you know, to see basketball basketball back again, or at least, like, you know, now we get to see the rest of the teams, right? And we all care about the rest of the teams, right, guys? I know Alex is a well, big Warriors, uh, Wizards fan. <laughs> I am a big Wizards fan, but I, I just, this is just reminding me of, like, the first preseason game I watched and, like, trying to recalibrate from, like, a Heat-Lakers finals game to a preseason game. I mean, it's almost like a different sport. Yeah. <laughs> Who have you guys seen in the preseason? So I think. Far? Sorry, Kenny. I think if I could just say one more thing about how, like, the Definitely. distinction between the the NFL and the NBA. I'm really interested to see this because I think we've seen the NFL their approaches. We don't care who you have to put in the game. We don't care who's playing in the game. We want to make the money and air the games. I think the NBA, again, we've talked about this, has a more like progressive image right it's like we care about our players etc cetera, etc cetera. but I, I i'm really interested to see if they follow suit of the nfl where it's like we're just going to put whoever in there it doesn't matter about the quality of what we're of the output just that there is output yeah i mean there there was a the league does have an emphasis on the no resting uh load management rule this year so they are going to hand out fines for for load management, although teams usually do manage to find their way around that. No. Uh, I think um, I think the NBA has already kind of decided, though, by you know creating the structure of this season the way it did, in which like it will inc- include travel, it will include um, fans in some of the arenas. I think like in many ways they were just kind of because they were the first ones to react. They reacted in probably a more kind of prepared fashion and more kind of uh, one that we would hope the other kind of leagues would do. But I think after watching, I think the big one was kind of baseball, kind of seeing baseball kind of just plow through and proceed basically with the way that they did it without the bubble. Um, But still to be able to complete, you know, their, their abbreviated season, I think like that plus football encouraged kind of the NBA to not, you know, kind of, do another bubble situation or do another, you know, I think like more prepared, more, you know, safety conscious kind of solution and kind of just proceed with kind of a more normal season and then just kind of taking it, taking it as it is and whatever happens, happens. And so I think in many ways, like the NBA has already decided and I think it's one in which like it will reflect pretty similarly to, to how it was with the MLB and NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to remain optimistic. I'm a, I guess I am a little worried about like the Lakers and the Clippers, especially right now, you know, things in California are real bad and there's like, you know, 0% ICU space in LA County now. And 
it's like things are worse than they ever were, but you know, sports has figured that they can, they can keep things going. And I don't know, luckily, either luckily or because, you know, folks were prepared, it seems like a lot of disasters have been avoided, but you know, I feel like we definitely might want to take a deeper analysis and, you know, this is some, this is a story that we should be tracking as the season goes on for sure. Um, now, that being said, I do want us to jump a little bit into preseason action and real quick. Uh, awesome. Well, can we, should we pause it, Alex? No, we should just have, we should just have our new guests introduce themselves. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> this is how season three goes. This is how season three goes, guys. Just like random guest appearances guest all the time. Up, just jump in. We're trying to simulate kind of what real life used to be in which like people can just come into a room and, and kind of join the conversation. Spontaneous. Who is Absolutely. this? Who's joining us today? <laughs> Who's here? Hey guys. This is Daniel hopping on. Very excited to talk to everyone about what's been happening over the past few weeks and what we can expect to see in the next couple weeks. Awesome. Uh, Daniel, we just talked a little bit about the COVID situation and our feelings around the start of basketball. Wondering if you, as a uh, you know, if you as a medical student, had anything to share regarding you know how the NBA is gonna get through seventy games uh, during a pandemic. Yeah, I mean, like I really think it, it comes down to the vaccines for everything. The vaccine is gonna be huge, of course, like not only for player safety, but also for teams who potentially want to get fans back into arenas. And I, again, like there's going to be a lot of logistics going around, like how they can regulate this and like how they can really get vaccines out to people who really need them. But I don't know. We're going to have to see. Like I'm more concerned about the players and a lot of these guys who just went through like kind of grueling three months in the bubble of now having to start playing basketball like immediately a couple months later. You know, it seems like everything's like moving just like very, very quickly on all of these sorts of ends. And you throw in something like COVID, and it's like very confusing to try to get your head around. Yeah, we'll also have to keep an eye out if there's going to be, you know, injuries might become a narrative that picks up as well with the uh, schedule. But um, we also do have a lot of these teams that, you know, weren't playing in the bubble and have been on extended, uh, extended rest. So um, let's spend a little time, you know, talking about preseason action. I know the preseason is not the most exciting, uh, exciting thing. Personally, I watched some horrible preseason games. I decided to watch the Knicks so I could get a good look at Obi Toppin. So over the course of two weeks, I watched uh, the Knicks play the Pistons twice and the uh, stalwart Cleveland Cavaliers twice. This is, um, this is how you're going to burn yourself out before we even get into the season. All I know is that if I thought being a Knicks fan was hard, being a Cavs fan must be very difficult. Holy crap, they have a team full of... The Cavs of, just won a, a championship in 20, 2016. I, I know, but like recently, you know, in the past, like this year, I would not be I would not be excited to watch the Cavs. Um, it's rough, rough going. But yeah, who have you guys, uh, who have you guys kept your eye on in the preseason? Maybe uh, Alex, you want to go first because I know you've been telling folks about John Wall on the Houston Rockets. Yeah, so I've I've watched uh, a pair of games: the the Rockets against the the Bulls, um, and uh, like I was said, er, you know, saying earlier, it's just kind of a trip to kind of reorient myself into 
the teams that haven't made the the playoffs, I guess, <laughs> just kind of watching the Bulls. I, you know, I know some folks are kind of optimistic with the new coach and kind of like this this new direction that hopefully we're going in, but. I still kind of struggle to see how, you know, we we have some young guys that are like really exciting, but I just struggle to see how it all comes together. Um, and then, yeah, I think the Rockets, I don't know, maybe Harden should kind of give it a try because I feel like obviously the big question is like whether, you know, both with Boogie and um, John Wall that their their health will kind of keep up. But just from the very limited glimpse that we got, like it's it's pretty exciting. I mean, you know, John Wall looks pretty athletic, and I, I feel like, plus Christian Wood, like, I think there really is something there, although I think at this point, I don't know if that relationship can really be repaired. Yeah. How, how do you guys feel about this whole Harden deal? Mm. Tell us how to feel, Eric. Um, I don't know. I I think it... I feel like I, I always want to side on this, on the player side. Um, because I think especially like Max, like the, the, the true NBA franchise stars with the Max contracts, they, they get the raw end of the deal. Um, but I feel like the way he's going about it is, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've, we've ever seen a player do this before. Are you saying that player empowerment has gone too far? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> but... I, I'm is, not it sure. It's a weird situation. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I think like something like this happened a few years ago, not in the NBA necessarily, but in the NFL, where, you know, you've got a guy like Le'Veon Bell, who, like, I think he got a franchise tag two years in a row, and the second year, he was just like, no, I want long-term security. So he sat out the entire, he threatened to sit out the entire year, and he ended up doing it, and eventually got the payday, and everything else that's happened since then. But, you know, I think this player empowerment movement is something that's been happening across all sports. Yeah, and I okay. I I think I've identified what bothers me about it. It's not necessarily that he's pushing to go to a team that he wants because he's unhappy with Houston. What upsets me is I feel like there's a lack of professionalism, right? Like you can sit out games but show up to training camp, and then worse than that is there's a lack of like civility because he's not at practice. He's out partying during a pandemic. Um, is the problem that he was? Out partying during a pandemic, or is the problem that he was out out partying? You, do you see what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I I mean, like with training camp and like uh professional, you know, those type of professional obligations. Like, I I don't know if James Harden really owes the Rockets. Well, Rockets well, anything. there's I I think it's not about the Rockets. It's about the league's protocols, right? I I think if we're gonna have a successful season and to be respectful of everybody's health you have to follow the protocols which is you got to report to training camp by a certain time and i i don't know i guess i feel like there was a blatant disregard for that so i i do think it for me has to do with the pandemic i see i see what you're saying um yeah yeah, that definitely makes sense i think james arden has definitely been scrutinized and he's definitely on like uh it's definitely been weird to see like people continue partying and clubbing and i didn't you know I didn't realize that. What about what about non-pandemic? Like, if there wasn't a pandemic and he was partying and missing training camp, how do we feel about that? I guess I'm cool with that. If I, <laughs> if he was truly trying to like, get out of Houston, yeah. 
if he's truly trying to get out of Houston, like that's that's part of what he has to do. I mean, I do think like <laughs> he's got a party. Yeah, he's got a party. He's just you got have a party to take his way out of there. Shots. <laughs> but I, I do think that, you know, Alex, I, I do kind of think like it, it's weird that, uh, you know, Harden is getting a lot of the blame. But, you know, Tillman Fertitta is really the one who gave up on the Rockets. You know, he's really the one who decided to blow everything up. And, you know, I don't know what this would have, you know, maybe Daryl Morey really didn't have another year you know, still on them, but it's like, you know, if your owner blows up the team, your owner, you know, is refuses to play, you know, the luxury tax for multiple years and, you know, you're catering to your superstar, which is what you're supposed to do. Teams are supposed to cater to their superstars. And if it doesn't work out, then like, I, I don't know. It's like James, it's within James Harden's rights to get out of there. Um, but I agree with you, Eric. Like there's a way, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, like there is a way to, <laughs> to do a lockout, uh, training, you know, the lockout more properly, I suppose, safely. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of want to want to pivot a little bit to see, you know, what other what other teams or narratives you guys have been following since uh, since the preseason begun. Um, Daniel, have you kept your eye on anyone during preseason action? Maybe a certain Lamelo Ball. I mean, we talked about this and. The lead up to the NBA draft. I was so excited about the Lamella Ball pick and the potential for the Hornets, and it's completely lived up to ex- expectations and exceeded in many ways. You know, it's like obviously his playmaking skills are fully on display. Um, I think we can see that like his handle clearly translates over to the NBA very well. And most excitedly, like in that second game of, against the Magic, he was he scored 18 points and he was he had a really nice form behind the three point line. He was getting his feet set. He was squaring up his shoulders towards the basket. Like, all of these things that people were criticizing in the lead-up to the draft, he seems to have been putting in real work for. So it's really exciting. I think that him working alongside other guys like Graham and, uh, you know, you got the young guys like Bridges and P.J. Washington who are just, like, catching lobs and, like, really just being young athletes all over the court. You know, like, the Gordon Hayward injury is a bit unfortunate, but I think, if anything, it's only going to get these young guys more minutes. Yeah, my Killian Hayes pick over Lamelo. Um, I mean, it's only the preseason, but I, I I did watch Killian Hayes playing two of those uh, Detroit Knicks games, and he's got he's got some way to go. Whereas Lamelo, uh, I guess Lamelo's already got the flash part down, and if that jumper is for real and it looks like better than you know what it was in Australia, you know we could have a very very fascinating player on our hands. Um, anyone else want to bring up any interesting preseason performances before we start talking about uh, the teams that we're interested and excited about for this year? Uh, I've been watching the the cream of the crop, the Lakers, um, and I watched these highlights of Anthony Davis, and he he was taking like step back threes, um, and like they they I think he made like seven threes. And they were all like fade away, step back, step in. Like it was ridiculous. Um, so that's happened. He's he's that's become kind of Steph Curry now. Yeah, I was. I'm genuinely terrified for the league. <laughs> well, you know, Kevin Knox also hit uh, six threes in a preseason game recently. So okay, thanks perhaps, for the reminder that this is just preseason. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you know, maybe we should be as afraid as Kevin Knox as we are as of uh, Anthony Davis. <laughs> 
moving, sorry, moving on, <laughs> moving on from the preseason. Um, oh, but real quick, Eric, did uh, is Taylor Horton Tucker for real? Oh, okay. That yeah, that's a that's a player that I want to talk about. That guy's legit. Um, I don't think he's going to be scoring thirty points in the regular season, but I think he's more than capable of um, stepping into like a Danny Green type of role. Um, he's like super long. Uh, like super disrupted defensively. He's just like a good glue player, I think. So I think he's pretty legit. Yeah, only only 20, 20 years old. So yeah. um, the Lakers might have uh, got another asset fall into their hands. And Marcus so. All is like Marcus All and Davis playing, and LeBron on the floor. That's it's like basketball geniuses. Yeah, and I'm sure we're gonna talk about the Lakers a bunch at the end of the pod when we talk about who are picks are to win the NBA championship this year. Um, but yeah, I think folks wanted to talk a little bit about uh, maybe a team that you were excited to watch this year, someone who's changing it up, or maybe um, we have a bunch of uh, returning all-stars this year, which are, which folks are excited about. Um, yeah. Who are we excited to finally see hit the floor in competitive basketball? I know uh, Alex, you've been talking a lot about the Brooklyn Nets yeah, I mean, I think uh, Brooklyn Nets are kind of this uh, high-risk, high-reward team. If they can stay healthy, though, you know, just seeing Kitty being back on the on the court, he's looking incredible. And I think, like, Kyrie and the rest of the Nets um, are a really, really strong team. And so I think together, um, I don't know, for me, they're, they're almost, you know, I don't want to say, like, finals favorites but i think they're they're definitely in contention and up there uh at the same time you know there is this kind of nagging feeling that they could kind of implode in a clippers like fashion you know this idea of uh, a young exciting team adding you know some superstars and then just never quite gelling and so i think there is that fear but for the most part i think you know they're they're just so good it's it's hard for me to imagine them not not doing really well this year. Yeah, I think they're a really deep team too. Like the amount of players they have on their bench is like quality NBA players is right. is pretty astounding. But we said that about the Clippers too. That's why I'm like continuously <laughs> worried just how much that like matches up almost. But yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, Kyrie should keep staging every every court he's on, and then. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for them. I just uh, don't know if they're actually as deep as we think they are. I think I've said I've said this before, and maybe uh, I don't know if da- Daniel, you agree with me, but like, yeah, they just kind of remind me of the the Clippers with like worse role players. I don't know. Dimwitty's good. You know, Lavert is is pretty good when he's healthy, but then it's like you know Joe Harris is solid, but you've got all these like kind of solid guys but i really don't know who's going to step it up and be like a third cog or a third big contributor on the on this team you know especially at the center spot i'm a little worried because deandre jordan is still kind of the man there right now he's yeah, part my, of the big three question for them is like who's going to be that third guy and if you're not going to get a third guy then you're kind of going off this like two superstar model that the lakers and clippers are doing and then like you compare rosters and it's just like okay like you got Kyrie, a guy who really hasn't played like top level ball in the, over a year and a half now. You've also got uh, KD, who's coming off like an Achilles injury, like arguably the worst injury you can get. And the question is then, like, okay, like how do how do these two stack up against like an AD and a LeBron? Like, 
versus like a peach and a kawaii. It's like I think in this case they've got the weakest of those dynamic duos, really? and that's going to really be troublesome yeah. for them going down the line. You think? <laughs> I, I mean, I. Alex is upset. He's like, I'm what about upset. Westbrook and Beal? <laughs> yeah, how could you talk about dynamic duos without the most dynamic of duos? No, uh, I, I think for sure they, you know, if we're talking duos, I don't think they can, you know, beat LeBron or AD. I don't, I don't think any team can. But I kind of feel Kyrie and KD are better than Kawhi and uh, PG. I agree. I agree with you, Alex. Yeah, it's close though. And it's also, close. don't forget that Landry Shamit is now on the mm-hmm. Nets. That can be pretty decent. That's I a deep team, like though. Shamit. That's a deep team. It, it's a deep team. That's but... a decently deep team. Dor- Torian like, Prince yeah. also, who you know isn't great, but he's you know he's like a solid. He's like a solid tenth, ninth man off the bench, right? I I guess so, but it's it's like for me, it's just like are these guys like. Remember when the Clippers had all these role players and they were fun and they played really well and they were like, a, you know, they're a fun team that made the playoffs. But when it comes down to like championship contenders, mm-hmm. are these fun role players going to be able to like perform at, you know, the highest level? And I, I'm not sure, especially because guys like, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie's really good, but he's really good at scoring. Like that's his elite skill. And it's, that's not exactly what the Nets, you know, will need. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they yeah, kind of need point. some other other elite defenders or elite big men. You know, rebounders. They kind of need a more well. I I would I would look for them to make a make a blockbuster trade. I would look for them to make a big trade this this year. Um, but I'm just not I'm excited adding, about adding Harden. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there when we have. We'll get there when we get there. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a. I mean, that's a good point, Kenny. Like we talked just we talked about this when the Clippers left. It's just. It was too many, too much of the same thing, um, and maybe the Nets are like that too. Yeah, may, I mean, also similar, you have an unproven coach. Jerseys too. This is Steve Nash's first year as a head coach. Like, what are we going to see from mm. from him as a leader too? But that, that's Dan just Tony why I have some doubts. Assistant coach. <laughs> what about New York Knicks legend? Yeah, Amari Stoudemire. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, big, we'll see. Big three of coaches. The big three of coaches. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the Brooklyn Nets are a team we're going to keep an eye on. Uh, who else are we excited to see this year? Uh, Eric or Daniel, feel free to throw in a team that you've got your eye on. Okay. Clarifying that we're we're just doing Eastern Conference for now? or uh, Yeah, let's, let's do the okay. Eastern Conference, and then we'll swap over to the West. Okay. Uh, I'm really excited about the team that I've been rider, riding for for the past two years now. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Daryl Morey obviously came in and changed the identity of the team completely. Um, I still think Ben Simmons and MB can work. I don't think they should trade him for Harden. I think they'd actually lose that trade. Uh, you think uh, in the MB long run, Harden? Okay, in the long what, run. What, yeah. What about short run? Short run, good, but I'm not sure that team would would win a championship. I don't think that but team's better than team? the Nets. But this team... <laughs> they did get a lot of interesting pieces. Like, they got a bunch of shooters. You know, Danny Green's out there now. I think that the they have, like, a lot of potential in, like, building that sort of Houston-esque environment for some of their key guys. When's the last Danny time Danny Green made a shot? <laughs> 
Danny Green, Seth Curry was a big pickup. Um, I think Tobias Harris is going to have a better year because the pieces fit better around him. Th- Thibault's coming back better than ever. I, uh, <laughs> I just don't know how you can feel so optimistic after seeing how the last two seasons went. But I, 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 I will say, all, like, it is kind of incredible that with Maury coming in, like, I went from, like, okay, the Sixers are, like, done for. There's, like, no path forward until, like, now I'm feeling kind of like what you're feeling with this energy of, like, yeah, we can, like, turn this around. They got, you know, nice pickups. They kind of have a clear direction now. There's, like, a path forward. But I think I just feel maybe a little bit more skeptical than you. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, like, big, yeah, like, look at big picture, like, they haven't changed like that much. And I think like the core problems that they have, they still need to like figure out essentially. Yeah. I, I, I like, I agree with folks who've said like, they've got some good pickups. Um, Tyrese Maxey is a rookie that a lot of folks were excited about. And shake Milton has come on uh, in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. But yeah, I think for me, like I want to see like Ben Simmons make a leap. He's got to elevate his game. I'm not saying he's bad, but I think that, you know, the only time the Sixers got close to the finals is when they had Jimmy Butler on the team. So, you know, Ben Simmons is going to have to bring, you know, bring a little more into his offensive game, I think. Um, He's going to have to, I I would like to see him, you know, become more of a ball dominant scorer. Um, I think that would really help, you know, bring him up to the next level. Yeah, I I think that in the playoffs. I think this the the way this team is built, it's more conducive to him being a little bit more dominant on ball, like kind of like a LeBron White, you know, just sling it out to these three point shooters. But so that's we'll that's what I'm hopeful that, for. He's that kind of player. Um, I think I think he like not obviously he doesn't have that shot, but the same driving ability, the same finishing around the rim, not not LeBron level, but I think I could see it. I can see it for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I think we should remember that like some of his best years were had when J.J. Redick was still in the 76ers, and J.J. Redick was, like, running around just, like, being that guy who could knock down those big shots uh, from beyond the arc. So that would ultimately give uh, Simmons a little bit more space to operate, like, underneath and in the mid-range, which are areas that he really likes to work on uh, with his post-up ability and even, like, things like his hook shot. And we didn't talk about Dwight Howard. Champion. 16 years he's been in the league. 16 years <laughs> i feel really old <laughs> uh daniel do you have a uh eastern conference team that you you're, you're thinking about for this year um or if not we could jump over to the west yeah so i, really, I already talked a little bit about like my own hornets but i think another team in the division that's really interesting is the atlanta hawks super young and like this is kind of the year where we're going to figure out if like trey young is that type of guy who can elevate his team into a playoff spot or whether or not he's a potentially another like like big numbers bad team type of player so I, I really like the offseason additions that they have with like Bogdanovich and Chris Dunn um they've got like talent already across the board at like the 3 and D wing spots with like DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish that's the young guys and I really like that uh the center on Yoko Okongwu out of USC that they drafted so It'll be interesting to see how they divvy up those minutes between him and Capella going forwards. Uh, but I think they've got a lot of young talent, and this could be the year that they kind of make a run that people don't necessarily see coming. That that's a really good pick, Daniel. I'm 
I'm really excited to watch them play basketball because I think it'll be fun. But like you, I, I want to see if they're going to be a good basketball team. Um, but they they made a lot of pickups. When did they get Rajon Rondo? Yep, they, they signed him too. Don't even remember that. Um, yeah, Rajon Rondo, and they picked up Gallinari. Gallinari. And uh, they stole uh, Bogdanovich. Yeah. Um, and, and they still point. have John Collins. They have Clint Capella. Uh, it all comes down to whether this team is going to figure out how to defend. Because yeah. they could easily be this team that scores like 200 points and just gives up way too much. But um, yeah, I think they'll definitely be a fun team to watch. We should definitely keep an eye on the Hawks. And Trey Young is always fun to watch. And it's all about, you know, I think folks are ready to see Trey Young in the playoffs and see if he can really dismantle a playoff offense or if he can survive a playoff series. Uh, because, you know, he's, he's a, not, a, not the greatest defender, unfortunately. So it'll be interesting to see him in a, uh, you know, high stakes competitive uh, environment. Um, Alex, I'll let you say one sentence about the Wizards before we move into the Western Conference. I mean, if you enjoy watching 200-plus point games, <laughs> watch some Wizards games. I mean, it, we. I think Westbrook plus Beal plus the rest of the guys, I think it, it'll make for a really fun season. I don't, I don't know I mean, how successful I think they're, it will they're be. definitely a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Westbrook and yeah. Beal in the East? That's, yeah. I think they're a playoff team. Yeah, yeah we Westbrook can. will make sure they get to the playoffs. Yeah. I really like Denny Adia, too. I really wanted the Knicks to take him. He looks really skilled, and the jump shot might actually be for real. Seems like a fun fun player. And he doesn't need the ball in his hands to, to be effective. So the Wizards should actually be a lot of fun to watch this year. And it'll, it'll be fun to, to watch, you know, this iteration of Beal basically at all-star level being able to, to play with um, another all-star. <laughs> Good NBA players, you mean? <laughs> Wait, Kenny, um, what's your what's your uh, excited for pick? Um, good question. I I don't know the Florida Raptors. Um, I I think the no, I think the I do want to see what kind of I do want to see if the Bucks are gonna win, uh, take the number one seed again. I'm kind of interested to see if they're they're going to make adjustments that are necessary, but I don't know if we'll see that until the playoffs. I'll so. tell you right. I'll tell you right now. They're going to be the number one seed. They're not going to make any adjustments in the playoffs. We'll get. We'll get there when we get there. We'll no, get I, there. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> don't get your hopes up. Otherwise, I'm just keeping my eye on the on the Knicks as usual and hoping that they don't lose too much. From what I saw in the preseason, it might be another long year. Um, I will give you my first Western Conference team, though, and that is the Phoenix Suns. Everyone's favorite, everyone's favorite bubble team. That was my pick. Suns. Oh, great! That was okay, also my two pick. and one. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, any team that Chris Paul goes to, you have to be excited about, right? And this is finally Devin Booker's chance to play with a legitimate All Star. And you know, it looks like DeAndre Ayton is just getting better and better. People were just kind of. You know, people were a little low on him because, you know, he was picked ahead of uh, a Doncic. But, you know, he's showing he's showing some really, really great skills and some range, too. So, you know, I'm excited to see if, you know, Paul and I think he can. Paul is going to bring this team to the next level. 
Now, the hard part is the West is stacked, and the other hard part is we don't know what this is going to look like if in the playoffs, if this team could succeed in the playoffs. But, you know, they've got a really good core, and I'm excited to see Devin Booker really blossom. And, you know, he, he finally has a chance to not be the main ball handler or have to playmate for his teammates. He can just kind of score if he really wants to. But a lot of you guys are excited about the Suns too. That's, that's, that's good. Yeah, I think uh... – uh, Mikhail Bridges is really going to step up and shine in a better fit. Uh, you know, I liked Kelly Oubre, but I think they need like a more defensive player, um, and he's obviously that. And then I think the Jay Crowder pickup was—I don't think it was low key, but it was a really good steal. Like um, that guy looked like Clay Thompson in the finals uh, in some games. So you know, Cam Johnson's coming back, and he's going to be better. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Kenny. I, I'm really excited to see them build this momentum. Yeah, also like a really interesting draft pick taking Jalen Smith, who's a more of a developmental center out of Maryland. So they are continuing to think about like the long-term future in addition to having this like moves that indicate they're a win-now team. So we'll see exactly what they're setting themselves up for going forward. I like Jalen Smith personally, but taking him within the top 10 is not something that many people saw coming. Will we see them in the playoffs? I'm going to say yes. I probably have to look at. I don't know. It's just so hard to say. A lot of a lot of teams on the West are pretty pretty decent to really good. Like in that sweet spot, I think. Yeah. The only uh, the only team that's dropping out for sure is the Thunder. So that leaves the Suns, the Pelicans, the Warriors, and the Grizzlies to take that last spot. Houston might drop out too, depending on what happens. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay, maybe a little premature. A premature to talk you know, about you know who playoffs. won't drop out is the team Ooh. that I'm looking forward to. Okay, uh, here we go. Other Ooh. than the Blazers, no, this is a different team. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, they're the Nuggets, actually. I think I'm still kind of riding that high of just like, you know, their fantastic performance during the playoffs. But I think, you know, Jokic and Murray are really, obviously, like now people kind of have a different perception of them. But I think they're still kind of on the up and up in terms of their trajectory. And so... I'm kind of super excited to see, you know, how they do. Uh, it'll be really exciting to, you know, kind of, um, I think they'll have to figure out with, like, Will Barton and Michael Porter Jr., like, how that's going to work, like, who who will start and how um, they'll configure that. But I don't know. For the most part, they have, you know, the same great team that they had last time. You know, they're missing Jeremy Grant. But, uh, you know, they have Michael Green now. And but, they added Facundo Campazzo. They did. I didn't. I didn't watch any of him, so I don't. I don't know if he's any <laughs> good. But uh, overall, no. I, I mean, I'm just really excited about the Nuggets because just watching the playoffs, you kind of see what they really excel with, which is just like this fantastic. I think you know, uh, team basketball that kind of really builds off the versatility of Jokic um, and the skills of uh, Jamal Murray, and so just really looking forward to how they'll kind of continue to iterate upon their kind of model and and improve yeah i agree with you alex i think what is what kind of sucks quote unquote is what i'm really looking for probably wouldn't won't come until playoffs like i I think we all know that they're going to be a pretty good regular season team right like two three seed um but yeah i you know i just want to see how these players look again like (laughs) I'm still not 100% convinced. Are you? How, how could you not be convinced? No, uh, about Jamal Murray. Like, 
bringing that same level. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, <laughs> dude, that guy was going nuts. I can't, all, I don't know. <laughs> all he needs is to face off against Donovan Mitchell again. It'll bring I it feel like him. that's the spark that got him going. Yeah. I am excited I about yeah. Michael Porter Jr., though. He's the, like the, the wild card in all this. Yeah, I mean, the Nuggets are a team where it's like they maybe they didn't add any players, but you, you look at Jokic and Murray and you just see like, oh, they just get better after, year after year. So it's like they're going to be better next year probably. Um, but, yeah, I'm a little concerned, though, that, you know, they might, they might need to bring in some new bodies. The Will Barton, Millsap oh, core, yeah. Gary Harris, you know, Gary Harris didn't look very good last year. So I think they, they drafted uh, R.J. Hampton too. Yeah, R.J. Hampton is nineteen years old. <laughs> I will say that I loved R.J. Hampton coming out the draft. Like that guy can definitely get to the rim. So another good developmental prospect for these guys. Dozier Who knows? Maybe is, uh, Bull Bull makes and Bull Bull. Yeah, don't forget about Dozier and uh, the Bull third Bull. Splash Brother. <laughs> but I think you know this might be part of a larger conversation. I think that's just the reality of. A small town kind of a small market team in which like they might have two all-stars two superstars and then they just have to rely on their homegrown talent or to kind of build up someone potentially like michael porter jr uh and i think he might be able to make that leap that'll kind of wow. give them that outside chance they're paying um, gary harris 20 million dollars i think that's kind of an issue I, for yeah game issue but, for them. yeah I mean, at the time, it made sense. At the time, it made sense. Right, right, right. And I think it's not, like, a a franchise-ruining contract. Like, it's a bad contract, but $20 is... Okay, $20 is pretty bad. But I don't know. If they made the right moves, who who knows? Right. Right. I I, I do love this Nuggets team as well. Um, Who hasn't given their interesting Western Conference team yet? So, the Suns was on my list. The other one I'm interested in seeing is the Pelicans. Um, more because I don't understand the team, and I want to see if it's a shit show or if it works. Because I think it might work. I don't know. So, the Pelicans who traded for uh, Steven Adams, um, pairing him up with the Zion backcourt. Don't forget I mean, about Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> Eric Bledsoe. They've got a lot of these... Uh, these guys who just didn't look good in the playoffs, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know Daniel really likes Alonzo Ball, and I'm excited about him too. I, I saw some of his preseason highlights. He's like doing pull-up mid-range jumpers. His shot looks a lot better. His threes improved a lot. Maybe so. it's like the more balls that are in the league, they like somehow do. <laughs> Right, right, right. They all might get more powerful. Power. Yeah, it's a multiplier. It makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm curious to see whether or not we're able to see Brandon Ingram make even like further progress based off of his really impressive campaign from last year. So we'll just have to see how that goes as well. I feel like they'll be fun to watch. I do not see them making the playoffs, but you know, I also think Zion is good enough to like figure out how to play with Stephen Adams. Like, I think right, the right. concerns are way overblown because Zion can pass, Zion can make plays. You can make space. Like, that's how skilled he is. There was um, there was this video of the preseason and, like, Zion's defender. There was, like, three defenders in the paint, and he literally just took one step and, like, jumped over all of them and, and just scored, like, an easy layup. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess this kind of works. 
Yeah, he's um, super explosive, and he's got creative uh, finishes. So yeah, I feel like yeah, he'll be I, able to adapt. I want to see a full season of Zion um, because he's also like a generational talent. I think so. Any other teams in the West that we have not covered that folks wanted to bring up? Blazers look great. Blazers look great. They brought everyone back. They brought everyone, they brought from everyone back. And Covington. And Covington. And then some. Covington yeah. is really big. I think Covington. And they got rid of Whiteside. <laughs> so it's all, it's all good. Addition by subtraction. <laughs> Zach Collins, is he healthy, Alex? Uh, that's a good question. Oh, boy. Okay, maybe not. But. Um, yeah, you know the Blazers. You know they'll. I'm no doubt they'll have probably another solid year. Um, I do want to just shout out the the Timberwolves as a potentially intriguing team. Maybe, maybe this is the year finally all comes together. They finally have a point guard in Ricky Rubio. Um, but the other team I wanted to just like throw in there was uh, the Dallas Mavericks because Luka Doncic yes, is getting yes. the MVP. The MVP. Uh, hype before the season has even started he's my mvp pick Oof. yeah they've, they've added some you know they've made some decent additions josh richardson uh drafted josh green out of arizona he's supposed to be a pretty decent uh three and d guy um you know they came up short against the the clippers but you know um if luka Doncic continues to get better and if chris has porzingis figures out his knee issues um, I don't know. Maybe they they can be elevated to contender levels as well. Yeah, and uh, Dwight Powell's coming back, who I feel like is a big, big piece for their team. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, Kenny, you're right. It's can KP stay on the floor? Uh, and you know better than anybody as a Knicks fan that there's a question mark next to that. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think if they manage it the right way, you never know. You know, string together a couple of games and, you know, get him healthy for the playoffs. And you never know what's going to happen there. But, uh, yeah, Doncic is someone I'm I'm excited to see. I'm definitely going to be trying to tune into more Mavericks games uh, this year. And I guess the other team that we haven't talked about was uh, the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> I, I just want Steph Curry to go bananas this year. Um, I haven't forgotten that this same group said – Dame over Steph. And when Steph proves was that this? you guys are wrong. When was this? <laughs> they, I remember. I think there was a podcast. Or there's definitely a group chat about this. And all of you guys said Dame Willard. So when that happens, I'm, I'm coming. I'm bringing it back. I'm pretty sure I picked Curry. To be fair, I think that this was Bubble Dame. I, that I probably said to. Like, the guy was playing absolutely out of his mind. <laughs> and that made Vince list. Nope. I still stand my pick. <laughs> bubble or no bubble. I don't care. <laughs> Um, it's going to be an interesting we'll year for the Warriors. I mean, no Clay Thompson out for, you know, unfortunately another devastating injury. Um, they've got a weird team. I don't know. Kelly kind of works. Jr., Andrew Wiggins. kind of works. None of them are shooters. You have one shooter. I mean, luckily he's like one of the greatest shooters of all time. <laughs> but... When you're one shooter, is one of the greatest shooters. I think. Um... It's still one man, though. Ubre can well, kind of shoot. I. I think um, I think I just want to see is like Draymond Green actually watched or is he like given the fact that they could make the playoffs or be a contend? I don't know if they're a contending team, but is he gonna? I don't know, look like his old his former self. Yeah, that's that's probably the biggest question for this team. 
Um, yeah, but Steph Curry's going to have to shoot a lot of threes this year. <laughs> um, I don't know. A lot of question marks. Uh, I guess real quick, we can check in like before we go to our final final couple of questions. Uh, are the Warriors in? Are the Warriors a playoff team? They could be. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it's hard to say. It's hard to say. But like, if Curry's in top form, then I don't know. I feel like they. they do we like over? Do we the like Grizzlies? the Suns or the Warriors? Sounds like blasphemy. All in on the Suns, baby. Oh, okay, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, someone committed. Damn. I'm just I'm not, I'm not betting against Chris Paul ever again. That's so. <laughs> true. Hey, Steph Curry is the best player by far on both teams. That's true. No, no one, no one has, no one has said that. But this is also this a team that team started sport. Marquise Chris. Yeah, last year. I guess, yeah, and then two, three, four. Two, three, four best players, probably all on the Suns. I mean, James Wiseman could show some flashes. He could be fun to watch, but yeah, tough, tough to, tough to, tough to predict what we'll see out of the Warriors. So, I definitely give Daniel a lot of props for saying <laughs> no the hesitation. Suns, no hesitation. The Suns are making the playoffs ahead of the Warriors. I feel like we need to make a clip of that audio. Just Suns, <laughs> baby. <laughs> um, we're coming up to around fifty minutes. Uh, I do want us to sign off with um, our pick for the NBA champion. Uh, we should actually write these down because I'm pretty sure we did this last year and I do not remember who each of us picked. Um, who is going to be the NBA champion? I picked champion? the Lakers last year. Okay, Eric remembers. Are you picking the Lakers again this year? Uh, Lakers win over the 76ers in the finals. All right. Wow. Alex, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to you know bet against the Lakers because they just took a team that won the championship and then added two six men of the year in Gasol. So <laughs> it's it's just it's tough for me to see anyone else kind of taking that spot. So I think for the West, I'll take the Lakers. The East, though, the East is interesting. I. I'm a little skeptical that the Heat can kind of replicate their run. I really, really want to pull for the Bucks. I think that would be really interesting. But, you know, they, they're they still unproven when it comes to playoffs. But, you know, the Nets are also unproven in the playoffs. But I'm going to go with them. It's going to be uh, That's a good pick. That's a good pick. It's going to be a LeBron, AD versus Kyrie, and KD. The ratings are going to skyrocket if that happens. Um, bananas yeah daniel what about you i'm gonna say that you know we're all talking about these like teams in the east that are up and coming like let's not forget that the number one team last year the bucks are back with a healthy roster bringing most of the hall back and signing like a really motivated Giannis. so i'm gonna say that they're gonna be in the finals against the lakers it's gonna be tough i'm uh you know just to kind of go against the grain, i'm gonna go with the bucks and love it over the lakers I love it, Daniel. Do you think the Bucks? Do you think the Bucks got better? They got I, think they got better. I think that Drew Holiday is a massive upgrade. You know, you got to look at like what he contributes all across the board. They did also sign Nick Stauskas think... and Bobby Portis to fill out their roster. <laughs> did not realize that was where Bobby Portis had gone. Portis, to. the Portis, the deciding factor. I mean, Nick Stauskas—that's undeniable. But 
I think Holiday's an upgrade, but I don't know if he's like a major upgrade, right? Like his best skill is his defense, and Bledsoe is also a really good defender. He's he's a good passer. Bledsoe's like a solid passer. I, I'm not sure it's it's a massive upgrade for, for me, anyways. I was just gonna say that like I think that like Bledsoe is fine at his best. The problem is that you see him like screw up in the playoffs every single year, and you're just like asking yourself like, who can we come in? be a professional and like just give us like what we need as that third cog in our system. I think that the matchup the, the matchup is kind of interesting. The Bucks versus the Lakers. They're both teams that played really big, you know, last year. You know, the Bucks are out there running a true center, you know, Brooke Lopez and Giannis Antetokounmpo. So, I don't know. It could be a really intriguing matchup for for the for the Lakers. You know, we didn't get to see that happen and obviously the Bucks had a bunch of screw-ups, but I don't know. I, I am intrigued. I am intrigued by that by that prediction. Um, that being said, I, I disagree, and I believe the Lakers will be the NBA champions. Um, I I I think that the I I will take the Bucks in the East as well. I'm not sure. I'm I'm split. Split when between the Bucks. Mike so Budenholzer we... fails to make any adjustments again in the playoffs. I'll I'm, remind you of this podcast. <laughs> Maybe he'll finally change. <laughs> I'm imagining a Bucks Heat series and then seeing, yeah, I don't know. Oh, so I nobody, like so why are the 76ers in any of this? Nobody believes in the Sixers because <laughs> they played like garbage last year. <laughs> what happened to them last year? Yeah, who are... <laughs> ben Simmons was injured, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like the Sixers. <sighs> If it's not the Sixers, I'm with Alex. I think it's the Nets. Well, Eric, I, you know just... who else is known for not making adjustments in the playoffs? Doc Rivers. That's who. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. What if, what, point, if it's like, what if it's like a matchup and then it's like, oh, I wonder what, what changes Doc Rivers and Mike Budenholz are going to make and they just like don't do anything. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> okay. That, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I'm... That... It's interesting that none of us picked the Heat, though. Is it just like a, a lack of confidence in them, like replicating that what they did in, in the bubble, or is it a matter of the other teams getting you know better in such a way we feel more confident about the Bucks or the Sixers or the Nets? I think I think the Bucks got a lot better with Drew Holiday. I, Remember I, that I, game that Jimmy Butler stole, like. Yeah, in the finals, yeah. like that, I don't know. That's like top five player, like that type shit. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. I just don't want to be too quick to forget that. Like, no, I, I, I don't I know. Mean, it, it convinced Eric that Jimmy Butler was a top five player. That is why it's important. <laughs> He's a super top star. ten, top ten, top ten player. <laughs> uh, I think for me, it's like a lot of the key pieces. I'm not sure if like Goran Dragic is another year older. Uh, Duncan Robinson had like an all-time like shooting season in the history of the NBA. I don't know if he's going to do that again. Uh they lost Jay Crowder. Hero will get better. But yeah. I, I don't know. In the aggregate, I'm not sure if that team's better next year. I mean, Spolstra Spolstra works miracles, right? Right now everybody mm, should be true. looking at their roster and looking at a name that they can't recognize. Yeah, and, and I feel like that guy's going to be like, Hero. in the playoffs. <laughs> Bam, Bam and Hero are kind of the two key players, and I think they will get better. Mm, that's and, yeah. And Hero, that's a good Hero point. has a song name after him. 
yeah, who else has that? That has to count for something, right? No, that's that's true. That's true. I think it's like, I think for me, it's like, can the Bucks really screw this up again? And well, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> I mean, I didn't they already? Them. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, it's we're up to about an hour now, and glad that we're all excited to watch some basketball, even though. 2020 has been a long, long year. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll be back, you know. Wait, in... quick MVP, MVP picks too. MVP picks too. Get them okay. in, get them in. Go, go, go ahead. Luca. I think I'll have to go with Luca too. <laughs> I'm going to Anthony Davis. I think LeBron takes it easy in the first half of the season. Uh-huh. AD really comes out. I like that. I like that. Uh, Steph Curry? I'm going to throwing for, Steph Curry I in for there. LeBron James. He's going to kick it up another gear. I, I, it's possible. It's Fifth possible. Prime. You never hit another prime. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, I feel like Steph Curry is a good pick, but that team has to be like a top like three or four M- NBA team. I'm not sure I see that with them. I could just see it like Steph Curry puts up incredible numbers. The team just makes the playoffs, and then there'll be a discussion between Hey, Steph Curry had an amazing year, but mm-hmm. um, you know maybe someone else's team won more. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to throw in a different a different name name in yeah, there. Yeah. That'd be interesting to consider. Um, also, there's a high likelihood that Giannis could just repeat because Giannis is Giannis. But yeah, I think that's that's going to wrap our pod for today. Uh, we'll be back maybe in a month or so, and we will be on our website if everything goes according to plan and uh yeah stick with us throughout the season we'll be back giving updates giving our takes on stories that are happening both on and off the court we've also got some articles written pieces coming out um by some folks who are even in this podcast so should be a lot of fun um yeah to season three of the turnover guys all right someone lead us in the jerry count us out yeah all right turnover on three one, two, three, turn over. Nice. Wow, I could really feel the excitement for the season. Very strong attempt. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs>